All right, we are back to podcast, and I uh, hope everyone has had a good day, and uh, I'm thankful for all the Lord has done for us, and uh, the good morning that He's given us. Um, we are rapidly moving through First Samuel, and uh, in fact, we only have a few chapters left. This is chapter 23 of First uh, Samuel that we're going to be in. And uh, 1 Samuel will end um, in chapter number 31. So uh, we're, we're getting there. What we're looking at is God's protection over David and how he uses people to do so. Now, he is doing that in his providence. He is protecting David in his providence, in his sovereignty, and in his power, but he is using people to do that, and we we see God. That's God's way. God oftentimes will miraculously um, allow things and uh, cause things to happen to intervene, if you please. Um, but most often, most often, God uses people to produce His end. And that being the case, we, we're going to look at this entire chapter, and we're going to key in on a verse about midway through um, the chapter. And as we do so, let's start in 1 Samuel 23. Um, of course, we're still in the situation where David is fleeing from uh, Saul. Saul desires to kill David. He hates David, uh, hates all that David is, and uh, what he stands for, and Saul's after him. Still, And so we come to 1 Samuel 23. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keliah, and they rob the threshing floors. So the threshing floors would be where the wheat would be garnered. And so the Philistines are, are basically, they're pillaging uh, the villages. They're pillaging the homes. And so um, they are fighting against the people of God, the villages and, and uh, the surrounding towns. And as they do, they're not just going in to overtake them in their lives. They don't really care about that. It's more about their belongings and their pillaging, looting, if you please, like we see today. It's always been uh, the way of the world, the way of the devil, is to loot, to steal, to rob. In fact, you want to talk about a thief, the Bible says that the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. And um, so anybody that's doing any of those three things, I could promise you they're doing the work of the devil. Verse number two, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? I love David's confidence. Um, David is, is strengthened. He is, uh, ready to fight. He knows he can win. So he doesn't ask God if I can go and fight against the Philistines. He says, can I go smite them? He knows if he fights, he's going to win. He knows that God's going to be on his side and he knows that he's a willing and a cunning warrior. And the Lord said unto David, go and smite the Philistines and save Keolah. And David's men, and David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah, 
How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? So they're saying, look, we're afraid for what we're doing now. We're going to be really afraid if we go against the Philistines. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise and go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So God tells him, you go, and I will give you deliverance. And so David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah, and it came to pass when Abathar, the son of Abimelech, fled to David to Keilah, that he came down with an ephod in his hand. And so the, remember what I've told you several times, this ephod is a priestly garment, and it held the Urim and the Thummim uh, by which God would show his people his answers to their questions. So they would hear from God uh, through this ephod. Now, that's not how things are today. We hear from God through his word and through his spirit. But in this day, when there was the office of the priest, of course, there wasn't anything uh, powerful or there wasn't anything supernatural or... Uh, exceptional necessarily about the priest, but God supplied the garment and would give the answer and speak through the garment, uh, basically. And so, uh, as that's the case, we uh, we we look here, and as we we look in this text, uh, verse seven, and it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah, and Saul said, God hath delivered him into mine hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars. And Saul called all the people together to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. Um, wow. I, I, that, that's, how, that's how the devil operates. The devil convinces people that are in total... Uh, opposition to God and His will, that they're in the will of God. I see that all the time. I see very gullible people who claim to be saved, and in fact, I believe some of them probably are saved. They're just extremely gullible, and thereby, in their gullibility, not very trustworthy, and they'll tell you they've prayed about something, and then they go and do something that is completely in opposition to the will of God. You say, how do you know? They say they prayed. Because it's in opposition to the word of God. How many times have I, I preached that and taught that? That you you can you can pray and pray. You could I, people speak so religious and spirit, you know, speak spiritual and religious and I prayed about it. Well, fine. Fine, you pray about it all day, but if it runs in opposition to the Scriptures, you're not in the will of God. You're just not. So Saul, Saul, you say, what's that got to do? It's got everything to do with our text. Saul said, verse 7, God hath delivered him into mine hand. Now, do we really believe that? Do we believe that God is delivering David into Saul's hand? The Bible is clear in the fact that he has removed his spirit from Saul. His spirit is with David. And yet Saul is thinking here that 
God has delivered David into his hand. Nothing could be further from the truth, although Saul believes that. Wow. Seems like modern day Christians, doesn't it? A lot of them sincerely believe that God has told them to do something or wants them to do something in particular. When in fact it's in opposition to the will of God and so it's not God that has told them to do something. Amen. That's what we have in Saul. Saul said God delivered him into mine hand. Nothing could be further from the truth. For he is shut in by entering into a town that has gates and bars. Verse 9, And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abathar the priest, Bring hither the ephod. So I love the fact that it's mischief. David calls it mischief. And so that's, that's the beauty of this. That is the beauty of this. Saul thinks he's in the will of God. David's saying he's practicing mischief secretly. Now who's right and who's wrong? Well, we know. We know. We know who's right and who's wrong based on what we already know to be accurate and correct in the scriptures in in regards to the fact that God is with David and he's not with Saul. Now, to further that, further that, we know that Saul is acting secretly. He's acting behind the scenes. So I can tell you right now, that's not how God operates. That's not what he's validating. That's not of God. And so David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abathar the priest, bring hither the ephod. So they want to hear from God. So David requests the ephod. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down at thy, at, as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant, the Lord said, he will come down. Do you see that? Verse 11, there's your answer. Now Saul thinks God is for him. But reality is God is for David. Now, how do you decipher that? You've got two parties that both think they're in the will of God, but they're in opposition to one another. I'll tell you, number one, it's pretty plain. You've got hatred in the heart of one, Saul, and you've got the other running for his life, David. And so when hatred's in the heart, God's not in anywhere near that. Bitterness and anger and hatred and unforget that that's what's in Saul's heart, jealousy and envy. God's nowhere near that. Both think that God's on their side, but he can't be because they're in opposition to each other. So we find out quickly, this is not left up for debate and this doesn't go on for chapters. This is decided in the next couple of verses whom God is for. Because if you'll look with me, verse number 11, David calls on God, wants to know. And the Bible says, the Lord said he will come down. Verse number 11, God answered David. He's not speaking to Saul. He's quit speaking to Saul. He's done with Saul. There you go. But Saul still thinks God's on his side. Amazing. Reminds me of a lot of people I know. Verse 12, then said David, will the men of Kaliah deliver me 
And in my men into the hand of Saul, the Lord said, they will deliver thee up. Okay? Verse 13, Then David and his men, which were about 600, arose and departed out of Kaliah and went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Kaliah and forbear to go forth. And David abode in the wilderness and strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. So there you go. Saul's wrong, David's right. God delivers David continually from the hand of Saul. He protects him, and yet Saul still thinks God's on his side. How delusional are those that are under the operative of the devil? And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. That's the title of my of my lesson. Strengthened his hand in God. Jonathan Saul Saul's son arose, went to David into the woods or wood, and strengthened his hand in God. Now this will explain the next two verses. Jonathan gave David words of encouragement and he gives him comfort in the Lord. So that's my message. God has given David deliverance. Saul thinks that that God is on his side. David knows God's on his side. God, conti- they, God continues to deliver David. But God uses Jonathan to give David great strength and to deliver him. God uses Jonathan in this instance to strengthen David's hand in the Lord. Now, let that be my lesson. Let that be my message. May God use us to strengthen others and their hands in the Lord. May God use us to be a blessing to those that are serving the Lord. I will read later where the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And there are times in which we've got to encourage ourselves. There's no one else around to encourage us. But there's also times when we find ourselves in the place of Jonathan that we are to and can strengthen others' hands. Encourage others. How does does Jonathan strengthen David's hand in the Lord? I'll show you. He said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also, also Saul my father knoweth. And they two made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. How did Jonathan encourage David? Let's look at verse 17. How did he strengthen his hand in the Lord? He didn't pass him money. He simply gave him words of encouragement. Number one, he tells him to fear not, be not afraid. Not only verse 17 does he tell him to fear not, but he says, for the hand of my Saul, of Saul my father shall not find thee. So he, he lets David know whose side he's on. I'm on your side. I want you to know that. I've got your back. So number one, don't be afraid. Number two, I've got your back. Thou shalt be king over Israel. He reminds David of God's word, God's promise to him. Thou shalt be next unto thee. And that also Saul, my father, 
knoweth. He says, I'll be after you. I'll take the low place. So simply speaking here, Jonathan is able to encourage and strengthen David in the Lord by telling him to fear not, by telling him, I've got your back against Saul, my father, by reminding him of the will of God for his life, that you're going to be king over Israel, and by putting David ahead of himself. And he says, I shall be next unto thee. And that also my father knoweth. And then they made the covenant. Verse 19. Then came they up to the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood in the hill of Hakali, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of the Lord, for ye have compassion on me. Go, I pray you, prepare yet, know, and see his place where his home is and who has seen him. Therefore, it is told that he dealeth very subtly. See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hideth himself and come ye again to me with the certainty. And I will go with you and it shall come to pass if he be in the land that I will search him out throughout all the hand thousands of Judah. And they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. And Saul also and his, also his men went to seek him and they told David, Wherefore he came down into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. And Saul went on this side of the mountain, and David and his men on that side of the mountain. And David made haste to get away for fear of Saul. For Saul and his men compassed David and his men round about to take them. There came a messenger under Saul, saying, Haste thee and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. I'm coming to this. Wherefore Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore they called that place Selah Hamalekath. David went up from thence and dwelled in strongholds in Injadai. Now this is an amazing, amazing situation. Saul is using spies. Saul has folks telling him where David will be. David and his men will be. And as he does, Dave, Saul and his men are there prepared to fight. They're there prepared to overcome, to take over David, to take over uh, David and his army, David and his men. And that being the case, uh, they seemingly have them where they want them. They seemingly are going to overcome them. But you see, God works on both ends of this thing. God works on both ends of situations that sometimes we don't know and we don't understand nor anticipate. Before Saul can overtake David and his men, God allows the Philistines to overcome and to come against the people of God, thereby forcing Saul's hand to leave his in fighting against David to go and defend the land against the world. Now, what a lesson there. What a lesson there. Every now and then, 
God wants us to leave infighting among ourselves in churches that we may go and fight the real fight, the good fight of faith. We may fight against the real enemy. We may war the real battle. We may fight in the real situation. You see, we've got an enemy. We've got a foe. We've got the devil who is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may desire to come against us. And yet, we find ourselves, or a lot of folks find themselves in fighting in the church, in fighting in Christianity, in fighting in religious circles. God doesn't want us in fighting. He allows a real fight to come. He allows a real warfare to come. He allows the Philistines to come against David and the armies so that, or come against Saul and the army so that Saul can quit his fight against David in his providential hand. Now that is of God. You know, sometimes God needs to wake us and shake us and rattle us a little bit. I personally believe that was part of what he allowed during this COVID situation. I mean, it wasn't a a real pandemic. Come on, come on. This was not the Black Plague. It wasn't. This wasn't anything, this this wasn't even, it wasn't even the flu of of the early 1900s. It wasn't the flu of what we've seen in our lifetime. I mean, the 99 percentile survival rate. And we did lose folks. Horrible, horrible tragedies. But the scale that they had predicted didn't occur. But what it did, what the effect of it was, I feel like God wanted was the church and, and people had gotten so fragmented and, and, and such infighting and their minds on, on things that didn't matter and their focus on things that didn't matter. God slowed us down for a while to really focus on, you know what, we don't know how long we have. We don't know what the future holds. We, we have freedoms that have been given to us by God that are being challenged daily by by wicked men in a wicked world. And maybe we need to quit in fighting for a little bit and get to the real fight. That's serving God, that's defending God's territory, defending God's name, defending God's church, defending God's word, defending our testimonies before a, a lost in, a, in, in an evil world. In lieu or to forsake the infighting. That's what happens here. Saul is got one focus, he's got one purpose, he's got one objective, and he has for some time now, and that was to fight against David, to overcome David. The problem is they both say they're on God's side, they both say they represent God against the Philistines, and yet Saul's trying to kill. Someone that's on God's side. That's how wicked, wicked this is. But that's what the church is. Friendly fire, quote unquote. Shooting against each other. Trying to kill your own on the own same side of the lines. 
But we know the truth. Saul wasn't on the right side at all. Saul was an operative of Satan trying to thwart the will of God in David being king. And so God just allows the Philistines to overtake them again or attempt to overtake them just to get Saul away from David. For you see, just because someone like Saul says God's on their side, that doesn't mean that that's the case. So be that as it may, we find out the truth in this chapter. We started out both claim to be on God's side. David, Saul said, God's delivering him into my hand. He literally thought that God was on his side. But then David called on God and heard from him. And then right after he heard from him, Jonathan came to him and he strengthened his hand in the Lord. Jonathan encouraged him. Jonathan gave him words of advice and encouragement, told him to fear not and to go forward for God. May we do that today. May we come down from our our, our places of infighting. May we uh, work against the powers of evil and forget about these, these smaller fights among ourselves. That's the lesson today. I hope you've had a great uh, Bible study. I hope you've learned a lot from 1 Samuel 23. Strengthening our hands in the Lord. May we be a Jonathan. We're going to come out of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel learning well. Or at least 1 Samuel. We very well may go into the Corinthian letters next, but may we come out of 1 Samuel at the very least understanding, understanding the importance and the important role that Jonathan is playing in David's life. He's always an encouragement. He's always a blessing. He's always a strengthener. He's a good man, just like Barnabas. Hope you have a great day, great evening, and a great week. And we'll be back to podcast on Wednesday night. Don't forget, uh, for going or pausing uh, Bible study in person until January the 5th, I believe it is, um, just to kind of help with the holiday schedule. And I uh, hope you've had a great day in the Lord. And you'll be hearing from me on podcast on Wednesday night. Good night. God bless. I love each one.